Let I'm, me pull, let me pull up the the real psycho IMDb before I t- start talking about psycho 1998. Yeah, we don't want to talk about. And accidentally bring up Vince Vaughn. Yeah, we don't need we're, to do we're that. talking about your number one horror movie, we we <laughs> probably shouldn't talk about the one that's widely considered as one of the worst <laughs> horror movies ever made. April Fools. <laughs> That'd be a good. That'd be a good. Uh, April April first episode if we talked about like but remakes no, of movies that are truly terrible. But we just talk about it like it's the original. Like, like we start original. talking about Psycho, but we're in the background playing clips of Psycho nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, we're talking about like Vince Vaughn as uh as uh or like the main guy. We, I can't think of his or name. even the other way around. We we talk about it, but we show like the it miniseries. Right, right, and right, right. <laughs> like and that's all the clips like, and like. I don't think this is what they wanted to be talking like about. Like the story of the real one, and then like the characters and, and clips and audio of the, of the of not the not one of the, the not the not one the not the, the one the word. not the one the Man, not the good. English is getting hard the more we record. English has been hard. For um. Me. I, so <laughs> today we are talking about our number one picks, and I we should I feel like now that we're at the end. I feel like we should preface this with these are our, our top five picks right now, like in yes. this like this year. Next year, I feel like we could do an entirely different list of five different horror movies that we find very very good. Yeah, no, absolutely. But this is more just a a, a product of the the idea that we just wanted to talk about five of our favorite horror movies, and these were kind of the first five that we felt we could just. One kind of immediately talk about, and two, just just we knew that we would have enough to say. Right, and obviously we wanted a good a good variety. We wanted to cover all sorts of different types of right, horror. Right, um, and our top five does not necessarily mean the top five all time. It no, does not no, necessarily no. mean the top five most critically acclaimed. Anything like that. Um, but at the moment, when we this Halloween 2020, these are our five favorites. These are what we thought about first. Yeah. And uh, yeah, nowhere near because I feel like people are going to see the descent in the title of this YouTube video and go, yep. Who the hell has descent as their number one pick? I, well, I do, but first I, of all, we don't Gus does. First of all, I do. Second of all, and if I, you don't like that, come see me. Second of all, I think I've, I've <laughs> been starting with my picks first. So I want to start with, psycho yeah this time and we'll we'll i'll, yeah. I'll turn so, it to you and we'll tell me what you think let's let's just get right into it dude tell me a story i'm gonna tell you a story about about a a woman named lila crane all right mm. no i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna listen psycho is a classic it's it came out first of all it came out in 1960 it goes without it's, saying it's been a classic from the beginning, but really what, what completes psycho, we don't have to, we don't have to say that Alfred Hitchcock is a genius. Obviously the dude is a genius. Yes. But what makes psycho is first of all, it pushes boundaries and maybe not for us today, but at the time that it was made, it showed a whole lot of stuff on screen that people weren't necessarily comfortable seeing. Yes. From the world famous shower scene to it has a, a lot of like sexual connotations. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, for the time, one of the most violent scenes 
that had been shown on film. Yep. Um, There's a lot of voyeurism that yeah, people were yeah, super Yeah, exactly. Dude, voyeurism and a, a toilet a flush. A toilet? Yeah. Could you... Ugh. Flushing a toilet would Imagine. Made, made people so uncomfortable. Absolutely disgusting. Um, but, yeah. so, so listen, Psycho may not be... If you watch it today, it may not cause you fear in the same way that other scary movies do. I'm not saying that this is, you know, the scariest horror movie that I could think of. Mm -hmm. But think about the story that it tells. First of all, it makes us uncomfortable in a couple of ways. Our, we get this main character, um, the girl that um, she, she stole a whole bunch of money from her employer, right? So first of all, we get that she is dealing with this feeling of guilt right. that all of us have experienced at, at some point. Mm -hmm. She's also trying to run from her past to an extent. Right. That is another cause of fear for a lot of people, both looking forward to the future and the unknown, but right. also looking back and reflecting on the past and the things that we've done that we're not proud of mm -hmm. or, or the consequences that we are trying to escape. But we always have the idea from the beginning of this film that the consequences are, are they can't be stopped. What's going to happen is going to happen. We know, basically we know she's in trouble from the beginning and, and you kind of get the idea. She's not ever going to get out of trouble. Then we meet this, uh, we get, we meet Norman Bates who's running this motel and Norman Bates and his character have, been spun off in so many different ways over the years. Mm -hmm. Really, this whole movie has, and we could probably talk for an hour about just the um, the pop culture impact of this film and the impact that this film had on the art of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. But Norman Bates is a whole different kind of um, scary movie villain, if you will. Uh, we We kind of understand that he's... Um, being controlled by his mother. And of course we get at the end, one of the like biggest plot twists in film history yeah. to this day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But we also have a villain. We have, we get this uneasy feeling from this guy, but in a way we're also kind of forced to care about him. We're forced to sympathize with him. Mm -hmm. And, and that as a viewer, um, it, that kind of pains us. Neither of our, neither of these main characters from Lila Crane to Norman Bates are really good people. There's no true protagonist. We see Lila who did a terrible thing and is running from her past. And we see Norman Bates who is doing all kinds of terrible things, mm -hmm. but we are, we have no choice but to kind of either pick a side or sympathize with both of them, put ourselves in the shoes of both of them. Mm -hmm. And, and, that is what a lot of that's what makes this almost scary is because of all of these potentially uncomfortable situations that it forces us to to put ourselves in um and again you add on top of that the the if you put yourself in the shoes of the people viewing this when it was first released, mm -hmm. you add on top of it the uncomfortable situation with the true threat of violence, which it does come to, and we see that. Right. And again, the film itself showing us all of these images that we would have never dreamed to even look at on screen in the year 1960. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think I don't think I need to go too much more in depth. 
psycho is what it has always been. And, right. and it has been, of course, talked about and studied over the decades and, mm-hmm. and it's timeless. And the story it tells, um, has, has truly changed the horror genre forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows how many more recreations we will see of the story. But to this day, this, the original psycho, the original story, the OG one, regardless of all the spinoffs and the remakes or whatever, whatever they are, right. This remains the best of them. Um, yes. both as a horror film mm-hmm. and also just as a, as a film in general. And if you look at it from the right perspective, it truly can be uh, a scary movie to watch. I agree. And I agree because I mean, from the start, one of the, it, it plays on one of the, I think a very common fear, which is the idea that you can't run away from your past. Yep. And this movie spins that and says, not only can you not run away from your past, but if you try to do that, there's a good chance something worse is going to happen yes. to you. Yeah. And that is, um, I think, in a way that kind of introduced the idea of like, uh, in horror at least, kind of, kind of um, nihilistic storytelling. Mm-hmm. The idea that it kind of just doesn't matter what you try to do. That whatever you try to do, no matter what you try, it's probably going to be futile. It's not going to matter anyway. I think that's one of the things that this, and I doubt, I don't think Hitchcock necessarily wanted that to be what people took out of this movie, mm-hmm. but I think it, it's a, it's, it's kind of a common train of thought when you, when you view Psycho, the idea that, that no matter what you try, if you try to run away, if you try to change things, you're, you're probably still going to suffer some form of consequence. And in, in, in this story in particular, it's, it's a consequence to the most extreme example. Right. And that, and that's what makes, that's what makes the effect of this movie. Um, it makes it last because, you know, fear and anxiety is basically that, that feeling of, of worry or unease mm-hmm. about, um, an imminent event or an uncertain future. Right. And you watch this movie and you realize that kind of that anxiety, instead of instead of that feeling being eased, mm-hmm. um, the the movie basically says you were right. Something bad is going to happen, right? And you can't do anything about it. I think this movie also kind of kind of pioneered the idea that horror can be a genre that that pushes so many boundaries, that yeah. so many boundaries can be taken and and subverted or just you know completely disregarded right and this comes in in a lot of ways through the violence and through the kind of um helplessness of the of the storyline of what we think is going to be our main character right and that's one of the another great thing this movie does is it gives you it kind of does a reversal where you think you know your main character that you get set up for the first there's like 30 or 40 minutes of the movie is dead by the end of the first act. You know, movies didn't really... Spoiler alert. Movies didn't really do that. Yeah, spoiler (laughs) alert. This What is this movie, 60 years old now? (laughs) Movies, I don't think, you know, that wasn't a very common thing. It was just another example of how this movie was trying to push the boundaries of what people thought, not just horror films, but films in general could be. Mm -hmm. And I think it really kind of opened the door for a lot of horror creators to really think about how they could they could push outside of what they thought they could do within this genre. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I, I think this is a good kind of transition point 
into my number one pick, which is The Descent, because while these movie on their face, these movies are are definitely nowhere near the same in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of narrative progression characters all that stuff i mean really based off of the the, the the threat itself based off of the breakdowns we've done earlier in the week these, these are, two are the most different out of yes all of our pairings but there are similarities i think you can take away mm-hmm. one of them being the idea that you you cannot run away from your past yeah and i think this is a very common thread in the descent because the descent opens up with a very um and you had just recently watched this, so this and this is one of the things you first pointed out pointed out to me. There's a, a very the a very effective death in the first what four minutes of the movie. Um, the main character, her husband, um, dies and gets a, a metal rod through his through his face. Yeah. Um, but what's so effective about the opening of this movie is how it doesn't really linger on the gore or the the actual traumatic the 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 physically traumatic moment it it shows you it shows it happen and then what it lingers on is just the exterior itself i don't even think after we see the initial impact if you will right i don't think we get another view of it it doesn't we we only get like so when you get kind of a a a tracking shot up from the van and you can kind of see the the husband's body kind of writhing almost mm-hmm. but from that scene we immediately cut to a hospital where uh, I believe our, our main character Sarah is in this hospital she's unsure of where she is she walks out into a hallway kind of a green tinted hallway and lights start shutting off and she's running away from these from these you know from these dimming lights after dreaming of her daughter blowing out candles into a into blackness mm-hmm. right and this scene, I think, is a, is a great kind of foreshadowing for the entire rest of the movie because it's such a it's such a wonderful visual cue to the fact that her daughter is also dead. Because in this moment, we don't know that her daughter is also dead. Right. Right. This moment is what cues us into the fact that her daughter is dead. But it doesn't explicitly ever say your daughter is dead. Right, we see her daughter blow out the candles into the darkness. We see her running away from the darkness in this green tinted hallway, and then she runs into the arms of her friend in a full lit hospital hallway. That scene never actually happened, mm-hmm. but we know because of the way that that setup kind of happens that something more tragic than just her husband dying happened in that moment in the van when they're driving away from from where they were in the opening scene, and that's one thing I. One thing I I love I love so so much about this movie and I feel is so undervalued about this movie is there is there is so much showing going on in this movie. There is almost no telling. Right? Neil Marshall, I believe it's Neil Marshall. Yeah, Neil Marshall wrote and directed this movie yep. in 2005. And he does such a good job of using using the setting in the the atmosphere of which the characters are in to show us how they're getting to where they're going, what's going on, how they how they could be in in peril. He never really uses moments to tell us specifically what's going on. There are moments of dialogue and kind of moments where the characters are trying to figure out what's going on. Of course. 
but there's never really an explicit moment where they get it all figured out and and they kind of, you know, get an explanation or someone comes in and tells them what's going on. They only ever really kind of figure out a way to get out of the caves they they eventually get trapped in, which is where the obviously the majority of the film takes place when they 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 go down into these caves. One of the one of the girls decides to take them on a different on a, you know, through a route that they've never done before with no known exits. Mm-hmm. And then they run into these these humanoid, blind, I, I would say troglodytes because troglodytes are cave dwellers. But I, you know, they're, they're just these humanoid creatures that are basically these blind, ravenous, basically animals with, you know, that were humans at one point. Um, one thing I really love about this movie too is it... Uh, it really, it really pushes the envelope with gore, with the effectiveness of gore, mm-hmm. where you know there are there are a lot of scenes. Like there's one scene where where Sarah, our main character, is running, and she falls into literally a pool of blood. But and you would think that's that's over the top, it's excessive. But Neil Marshall uses it as a moment to create this very effective, quiet scene, where she slowly kind of comes up from out of the blood. It's almost like she's being baptized through this moment. Like it's like baptism through fire, right? It's like a baptism through fire moment where she's in this blood. She comes out and then she's able to escape after this, you know, these interactions with two of these humanoid troglodyte things. Yeah. Um, But like I said, all this, again, this all ties into kind of the idea that there is so much, visual representation of 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 fear and of progression as opposed to a lot of other movies that just tell you what's going on yeah and one it it's so also that you know i talked about atmosphere atmosphere in this case has to do with the fact that they are in a claustrophobic environment right and claustrophobia i i don't know about you the idea of being trapped in a cave or buried alive in those claustrophobic environments, that's probably my number one fear. Yeah. Which is one reason why this movie is so high on the list for me is because a lot of the fear that this film creates or produces has to do with the fact that these people are stuck in a in an environment that, one, they don't know, and two, is very small and crowded and, and hard to escape well, from. Well, and I think that that was so effective. This was one of the... the the few movies that I can think of where mm-hmm. watching and it, and it ties back into that kind of claustrophobia type idea. This is one of the few movies that actually made me feel like a physical response. I was mm-hmm. watching that. And if you see a character get stuck in a tight space or you see them in a, in a cave with no way out, it makes you feel stuck yourself. I was watching it and I was just like so uncomfortable and I was like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Like, the, like it was, it was just disgusting watching that, but that the scariest parts were not the gore. No, the scariest parts were watching a character get stuck in a hole while the rocks are collapsing around her. Right. Like that kind of thing. Or, and it just makes you feel it, you just want to get out of there. Right. And, and, and part of the thing with the gore, part of why it's not so gratuitous as it might seem is that it's kind of like you mentioned from the beginning. It just kind of trudges along throughout. Right. It, like it happens and then we keep going. Right. And it happens and we keep going and it is, it is growing exponentially mm-hmm. throughout the film. Right. But it, we, we never stop to look back on, Oh, like that was gross. That was bloody. That right. was violent. 
we we are forced to along with the characters keep trying to fight our way out of, right. of this situation and so it doesn't it doesn't feel overbearing mm-hmm. because we are never really given the time to stop and right. think about it from the beginning right and it's never really it's never really gratuitous for gratuity's sake because here's the thing they're using freaking pickaxes pickaxes to kill these things of course it's going to be bloody they're using they're using super sharp objects to to stab and slit through like that's just what well, you and think. they're in a cave where hundreds if not thousands of animals and probably people right. have been killed before been them killed. so we understand so, like, of course a, a pool of blood it's makes gonna sense be gross. It, yeah it's gonna <laughs> be nasty it's gonna be gross and it's gonna be grimy yeah um one thing else i also wanted to I wanted to touch on a little bit is I think one of the other very effective things when we I mentioned this at the beginning the idea that you can't run away from your past the the twists that happen in this story mm-hmm. throughout the throughout the the kind of progression of the of the story itself are so indicative of that idea right that no matter what you try to do how you try to get over things your past is always going to come your past is always going to be there it's always going to be in the background and sometimes it'll it'll move back to the foreground sometimes you your were, past you were about to say come back to haunt you but come that's, back, a, yeah. that's a little on the nose for a horror movie right <laughs> it, it but it does it comes back to haunt you it, it 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 not not only does it stay behind you but sometimes it can get ahead of you it can be your past can be something you're moving towards yeah and this movie does that a lot of times especially with um with its main character sarah and i believe with the character i think her name is juno which is mm-hmm. um, I I won't get too into spoilers here because this movie is only fifteen years old and not sixty, um, you know Psycho is you know if you haven't seen Psycho you're insane but if you haven't seen The Descent you're also insane. If you haven't but seen Psycho you're probably not gonna see Psycho. Probably not at this point. <laughs> um, what was my oh the so you know a a couple big twists happen with with Sarah and Juno yeah and. What I one thing I really loved about this movie was the decisions that Sarah makes because a lot of them are they're shocking but they're not outside the realm of someone who's going through a grief process. Right? Sure. Sometimes characters make decisions in horror movies where you're like that was stupid. Like that was dumb. Why would why would he or she make that decision to get to the point they're at? But the shocking decisions that Sarah makes are less less stupid and more shocking because I think in in some cases, like when uh, I I I thought, oh, I honestly I might have done that too. Yeah, they're they're almost like they're if al- if I realized what I realized, if sure. I was in a similar moment and I the same revelations were given to me that were given to Sarah, there's a good chance I might make the same decision. Yeah, and that's what show that's one of the that's one of the biggest I think elements of of kind of true terror and and kind of uh, uh fear and horror that happened in this movie is the fact that these kind of these kind of brash decisions that Sarah makes especially in the third act are are very relatable right which sucks because they're they're hard decisions and they're decisions well, and where that, you go they're, that's, they're that's hard brutal. To, they're hard to watch unfold they're hard to watch unfold and then mm-hmm. realize that you might have done the same thing right but but you know, part of part of the idea of you know running from your past and and having it catch up to you is uh-huh. is also that even on this small scale, mm-hmm. the, the actions of all of the characters have consequences, right? And and they're oh, yeah. they're usually 
in some ways you could argue far worse than the the original actions themselves but but part of that is that um we're we're in this we're we're claustrophobic in the physical sense right in yes. this in this small space right. but also in the sense that there's only a small group of people and mm-hmm. everything that you do is going to be found out you are still human right. after all and even in the most um, the the most extreme circumstances, mm-hmm. you cannot stoop to the level of the monsters. Right. And if you do, you will have to pay for that at some point. Mm-hmm. And and that adds to the fear because, like you said, we're watching that and and we almost justify the actions in our in our minds. Yes. But at the same time, we're saying, how could you do something like that? Right. You are no better than blank. Whatever. Right. And that's, I think this is, and we'll, I'll kind of wrap up with this. It's what makes the ending of this movie so effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I won't spoil the whole thing, but, you know, Sarah gets out. And she gets to the car and, and she drives down the road. And right at the very end, as the, you know, a semi drives by and it makes her jump. And then we turn and we see Juno in the car with her. But Juno, Juno's still in the cave. Mm-hmm. And then we see her wake up in the cave still. And and that just, again, it plays into the idea that that moment where she sees her is is cueing you back into the idea that the decisions she's made in the past are still going to catch up to haunt her. She cannot escape that decision she made in the past. And it, it snaps her back to reality and the fact that she's not out. She's not out yet. She's still got, she still has to figure out how to get out of that cave. And it leaves you with kind of that that sense of you get this this kind of initial glimpse of hope that oh maybe maybe she did make it maybe she got it she figured it out mm-hmm. and then you're immediately hit with that dose of reality that this movie's been giving you from the very from the first four minutes the idea that no matter how fast you run those lights are going to keep turning off as you try and run away that yeah. darkness you can't get away from that darkness it's always going to be there yeah. it's not something you can just run away from mm-hmm. and that's why that's one reason why I mean. That's one reason why I wanted you to watch all the way to the end. It's because I I felt when I watched it, it to me it was one of the most like fully realized effective endings of a horror film. Now unfortunately there's a Descent 2 and I believe a Descent 3, but I'll never watch those because to me the original film is so complete. Mhm. Yeah. And so <clears throat> one last note that I kind of wanted to make on this movie is yeah. if if, and this is kind of speaking to whoever's listening to this. If you've watched horror movies and you've had the same kind of issues that we have had with them and, and brought up the same gripes that we have had with them about, you know, cheap scares and overused cliches and all yeah, of these things, yeah. this movie takes those and kind of turns them on their head. It gives an explanation for any cliche that it uses, right? Right. Everything that happens in this movie, of course there's monsters and there's these, you know, predators living in the cave, right, whatever right. it is. Maybe that's not so realistic, but the, the idea of, you know, we're and it sounds silly because it's so simple, but we're walking around in a dark cave. Right. Of course, all we can see is what's in front of our flashlight. Right. Or, um, you know, the, the nightmares, that the characters go through or, or have throughout the film, mm-hmm. all things that we have probably experienced, right? And it's right. it's this slow burn burn where we get these these glimpses of dread, and we are anticipating what's going to come next, 
and and we mm-hmm. don't get the satisfaction of of getting to stop and figure out what's happening. And right. so if 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 classic horror movies are not really your thing, I think that this movie can still be so enjoyable. Um, and I I say I say classic not as in the classics, but like right. what horror has become. If that's not something right. that you enjoy, this movie is not that. You have to be able to look past the violence and the gore, and I mm-hmm. and I would understand if if you don't like that. But if you're looking for a truly unique experience, um, and I guess just to tie it together, both of these films that we talked about, I think they're so scary because the what is haunting us is something that haunts everybody. Right. It's something. Yeah. You're haunt. You're not being. You're not being haunted by something supernatural right. or otherworldly you're being haunted in these two films by something that exists in your mind and regardless of how the movie turns out it is still exists for all of us right. in in it's, day-to-day life they're both so cerebral yeah. and i think one reason why yeah one reason why this is i mean the descent is number 1 for me and i i com- i completely agree with psycho being number 1 is because the the fears that they play on are things that don't require something that is not as tangible in order to create the fear. It it creates fear through some of the most tangible things that all humans go through or experience at some point in their exactly. life. Exactly. You watch these films and it's not it's not the monsters that you are still afraid of when the movie ends. Right. It's not Norman Bates that you are mm-hmm. still afraid of. Right. When the movie ends, it's 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 a lot of it is how you kind of examine yourself through exactly. the experiences. They're very they're very reflective, and they and yes. they require they require you to reflect on on <clears throat> your own fears on right. how you might react in mm-hmm. a similar situation. You cannot make it through either of these movies without at some point looking on yourself and yeah. kind of feeling bad about it. Right, right. It's yeah. it's it's hard to make it through this. And mm-hmm. feel good about yourself right. after watching it, and that's right. where the fear right. comes. Whether from. it's whether it's sympathy for Norman Bates, or it's or it's um, understanding the logic of of decisions characters make in the descent, it's you know it's things that yeah, when you when you kind of look inward and you tell yourself, I sympathize with that guy, or I understand why she did that. It, it yeah, it creates feelings of of uh, kind of unease. Yeah, and it's. One of the best examples of of how you can create horror, I think, ever in general, yeah, just in a general sense. All right, man. Well, I mean, I'm super happy with both of these as number ones. Um, yeah. We we talked kind of. This was a longer discussion, but rightfully right. so for yeah for our, for for our, our number for ones, number one I have, picks. I have no problem with no, that. No um, qualms whatsoever. Do you want to uh, wrap up wrap our up. our week here? And oh yeah, wow. So we're at the end of this is yeah, it's Friday. This is number five. Well for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um we had a lot of fun doing this, uh kind of breaking the last two weeks down into more of a series. Um, you know, with theaters still shut down and, and things that we can't control still going on, you know, having kind of a, a structured set of weeks to discuss a, a topic and then kind of throw movies into that topic was I think for us a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh we really enjoyed it. Plus, you know, we're we're horror geeks and it's Halloween season, so it, it just it really fit. The timing was perfect. Uh we appreciate you guys listening. Um be sure to hit that like, 
subscribe to our YouTube, subscribe to our podcast channels. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on pretty much any platform that you can find a podcast, including including SoundCloud. That We use SoundCloud to actually host our podcast. So mm-hmm. if you prefer being on SoundCloud, uh, we're on there too. Give us a listen there. We, we really appreciate any and all any and all listens, views on whatever platform you prefer. Um, if you do listen to the podcast, please be sure to leave a five-star review. Let us know what you think. Leave us some questions in the comments. Let us know what you think about the movies we've talked about this whole week. There are nine different movies, all nine I think that we very highly recommend. Yeah. And this is the first This is the first time we've talked about so many movies, not only talked about so many movies, but talked about movies that were like, please, like you should watch this. Because a lot of the movies we reviewed so far, you know, were you know just new movies, movies that we well, and and the first of us discussing a list of our top whatever, like right. we we were both given kind of that freedom to yes. hand pick five that that we wanted to mm-hmm. talk about, and that's why this week has been so exciting because right, um, we're watching each other's picks, we're also mm-hmm. getting the opportunity to um, really show each other and and show the audience. Yeah kind of how what our interests are and and how our mind works especially when it comes to horror so right and i mean some of these movies probably exist on our all-time favorites list not just horror but films in general so again yeah thank you guys so much we'll see you next week not really sure what we're going to talk about yet but i'm sure it'll be long-winded and full of things you'll want to hear so until then we'll see you guys wow bow that's a lot of movies we've been really (laughs) we've been getting after is what we've been doing yeah we've been grinding the grind don't stop bro it's a grind it's always a grind